my okay. I'm glad I'm not the only one. No, but I'm also doing like intermittent fasting, and I think that I get more dehydrated in the day because water just like. You fast? You yeah, fast guy? Fasting. Yeah, yeah. Look like it. <laughs> Stop it. Hey, it's only been 11 days. Encouragement, bro. Actually did uh, I did my first twenty four hour fast of the year, a couple of days. That's ago. wild, eh? Yeah, I, I um, that's fucked. You know, I, I like. I mean, Ricky was right. Like, you obviously can't tell. <laughs> I have a, <laughs> I have a, I have a sweet tooth. Like, candy's my kryptonite. But in general, like, <laughs> for the most part, I don't really like. I eat healthy, but I just like overeat sometimes. But one of the things that I find not to, like, I find easy is like intermittent fasting or like fasting in general. Mm. And um, actually, you know who told me about it first was Fab. So he said he does like we were at. Uh, so one of like Danielle's and my girlfriend's friends. He uh, we were at a dinner once. He's like, yeah, I just finished like a three day fast, and I was like, are you what the hell? Three days? Like no food? Three days? Was yeah, just water. So I was talking about it. And I, th- I found it like interesting, and I've obviously heard about like, the effects of like intermittent fasting and all that stuff. So he's like, yeah, just start like you know, start a little by little, like do like a try for like sixteen hours and try like twenty hours. Yeah. And then maybe it was maybe like fall, this past fall, maybe like September or something. Anyways, it was like maybe half a year ago. One day I just like, I ended up, I was like intermittent fasting because I usually don't eat breakfast. And then I was like, but next thing I know, it's like three, four o'clock. And I was like, oh, I made it this far. Like last time I ate was like 8 p.m. So what, like four more hours to go. Ended up doing it. Wasn't so bad. And then so now every like, I don't know, once a month I'll mix in a fast. Yeah. It's not bad. St. Pierre does that, eh? He does it four times a year, three-day fast. Who does, sorry? George St. Pierre. Oh, yeah? Actually? Yeah. Three four days. Ti- three-day fast, yeah, four times a year. I think Savage. it's, like, I, like for, the only thing I notice with the one day is, like, if you drink enough water, yeah. like, you're fine because it, like, it makes you feel full. Tricks your you, body. Yeah. Like, the last fast I did was when we were on the podcast here, like, a couple days ago. We did, like, an episode. We were just sitting here, and, like, you get hungry when you're not eating. Uh, sorry, you get hungry when you're not... <laughs> Obviously, you're not eating. When you're not doing something to preoccupy yourself, but if you don't drink enough water, like, you feel it. Yeah. But, yeah, for the most part, it's not too bad. Yeah. We use a lot of energy. sharp. It does, dude. Yeah. We use a lot of energy when we think, too, eh? Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, dude, I love fasting. I do it all the time. Yeah. Every, I mean, now at this point, I've been fasting. I've been doing this since for, like, maybe five, six years. Wow. So, at this point, now I'm, like... Like, I don't really care too much about it. Sometimes I do it. Sometimes I don't. It's, I mean, I've tried so many things nutrition wise. Yeah. That now it's just like whatever, whatever my body's used to anything. What do you think is best for your body? I think fasting, bro. Yeah. Fat, and, but I mean, I'm, I'm kind of guy that just eats whatever, whenever, but I, I lay low on the, on the sugars. And yeah. Things, dude. yeah. Did you start like when you, you said fasting for like five years, did you start when you were playing ball? Is that, was it like, was there a reason or just one day you're like, Oh, just, just tried it one day or was it like a, no, I learned it from this crazy dude that I play with, with the twins, um, name of Jason Kanzler. And he was like, he was ripped shredded. And he introduced me to this, to this guy named Jason Ferruja, who owns a company called athletic greens. Oh yeah. 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 So, um, and he has this crazy workout plan. He, so he got me introduced to it. And uh, so I'm d- always down to try new new things with nutrition and lifting. So, I mean, he he sold me by saying, "Don't eat for 16 hours and then eat whatever you want at dinner 
for three hours straight. I'm yeah. like sold. <laughs> that's all you need. Yeah. See, that's what I like because if you intermittent fast and you do like the 12 to 8, I feel like that's kind of a standard one. 16 8. No, no, but I mean, you eat from 12 to 8. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's yes, what a lot yes, of people yes. do, right? Because yeah. it's just the easiest kind of time slot to do. Yeah. I love it. I, that's what I do now. It's like I'll have a nice lunch. A little kind of a late work. A nice lunch, a eh? A nice lunch, eh? <laughs> What's that? A nice What's no, no, you, tell, no. Let me tell it quickly. I, so I've known, obviously, Ricky, I've known him for a very long time. But like, I, you know, naturally, when you spend so much time with each other, you observe like, um, what are they called? Like Mannerisms. Um, mannerisms, that's yeah. it. And I was actually saying this to Becca the other day, and I was like, I was like, have you ever, I asked, I was like, you ever notice Ricky, everything he does is nice? And it's like <laughs> nice life, but man. It's, no, nice but like, is underrated, man. It's 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 fair. Like it's a very, it's a very like yeah. It's like it's not only like a, like a word like oh my, everything's the best. It's not like an arrogant word. It's not like a boastful word. But it's just like, it's like a, a subtle descriptive word. So if you if you ever making plans with Ricky, like if you're making plans to go have a like a full day event, whatever, you know, Ricky will call you. He's like, okay, I got it. We're gonna we're gonna get up. We're gonna go to a nice walk, like like, a, like an hour walk. I mean, nice. Then we're gonna get a. Then we're gonna go have lunch. We have a nice salad. We'll get a nice workout in, and then we'll hit the bar. It usually drops yeah. it by the end, but everything in the plan is nice. Is that underselling or overselling? It? No, no. It's oh, always big. listen. It always it big up, undersell, man. No, no. Yo, it's always yeah, nice. Ricky, it yeah. lives up. It lives up to expectations always. That's why I'm not critiquing it, but I always notice, and that's why I just pointed it yeah, out because I just mentioned it to him like. 10 minutes ago and then Bro, he goes yeah life is nice nice have is underrated nice, man nice have a nice lunch, lunch. <laughs> that's it nice uh, I don't remember what I was nice. saying about, about intermittent fasting oh yeah intermittent fasting it's 12 o'clock you have a nice lunch <laughs> then a nice little late work snack and then a good dinner when, when do you guys lift what's your uh, what's your right now I'm not or like, workout like do you get a, any exercise like, I, I like really a, a lunch workout that to me is the best time right before a good meal I changed up just for you there Right before like lunch, because again, lunch is my best meal of the day because you don't mind if you overeat a bit because you have the rest of the day to burn it off. You overeat at dinner at seven o'clock, eight o'clock dinner, you're done. you feel like shit the rest of the night. If you overeat at lunch, you just kind of have an espresso, you keep going. So I love a good uh, lunch workout. The only problem is it's tough to get away in the middle of the day from work or now that the gyms are closing and I have a gym at home so I can only oh, work out at the beginning of the day or the end of the day. So nice. I just have a question to go on that more. Do you work out like on a, an empty stomach before? Like you prefer to like have an empty stomach, yeah. work out, then have lunch? So my di my current routine is, or before COVID uh, shut down the gyms again, it was wake up, I have my chicken broth first thing in the morning. So first thing oh, yeah? I do, yeah. Then I'll have espresso right after that. Then mm. on my way to work, I'll usually either take um, like a fat burning pre-workout yeah. kind of thing. I don't know what they're called. Like a thermogenic, I guess they're yeah, called. Yeah. Or I'll have amino acids on my way to work. And I like that because by the time I've, had, I've got to work, I've had at least a liter of liquids. Because my chicken broth is about 500 milliliters and then my thermogenic whatever, amino acids, another 500 milliliters. So it's like within the hour of being awake, I've had a liter of liquids, which I think is like super key. And then make it to my lunchtime workout, which is usually three, four hours later. And yeah. then I have my meal and kind of go. go from there, yeah. Do you think uh, eating or drinking chicken broth is, is more effective than drinking water, just plain water? So I used to do water with lemon because I know that's a big thing. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? I have no idea. Like even someone asked me the other day, what, what are the health benefits to chicken broth? I was like, look, Elaine. Tastes good. No, I don't even literally. <laughs> I don't like the taste. There's, Elaine, Elaine says it's, it's bon good. Elaine. It's bone broth. Oh, yeah. So if you're cooking. Well, there's two, there's two separate ones. There's bone broth and there's chicken broth. Right? Bone broth is like bone marrow that they use and they boil it. They simmer it, blah, blah, blah. This was like, I just took literally a full chicken. Yeah. I don't know the full. Actually, no, I didn't take a literal full chicken. I took two packages of You're getting leg. vitamins. Yeah. You're getting nutrients yeah, and all that stuff. I mean, for me, like to that point too, like Some I just put water. Too. Like I have like a, I drink like through the, up to when I go to bed, even first thing in the morning. 
Just a lot of water in the morning. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of my things mm-hmm. now is this year, either I want to have either chicken broth, bone broth, a vitamin, uh, a smoothie, or a, like some sort of juice every day. But you know, um, and I want to ask you what your like kind of routine as well. But you know, um, if you're doing fasting, technically. Like you can't have yeah, calories, right? Yeah, yeah. And like coffee doesn't, water doesn't. I don't know what chicken. I don't. I'm assuming it's got there's, something. No, there's, there's definitely something. Does, does coffee? Do you think coffee counts as as breaking fast or no? I I from don't think I, it does. No, from what I gather, again, it's not an expert. I mean, we can none of us. Are. Oh, we don't have internet, but um, <laughs> I think they say like black coffee. As long as there's nothing in it, black coffee has the equivalent yeah. of like five calories max, if if anything. Yeah. Um, that's what I've been told. I have coffee in the morning. That's all I'll drink until about between noon and two o'clock most days. Warm yeah. you up on the inside. Oh yeah, that's how it goes. It's fucking terrible at these days. I, I want to <laughs> go freezing. Yeah. I, oh, minus twenty two today. What? Uh, what about you? Like, what's your like routine? Like, when do you kind of get your workouts in and all that stuff? And has, yeah. it, has it changed since like your like playing days and all that? Dude, you're, you're, so you're, much, bro. Now I, I don't really have. I'm focused more on nutrition than ever now. But now I don't really, I don't really lift too much, dude. I don't squat really. I don't do any type of, uh, not not many weights, man. Okay. I just stick to push ups. Uh, chin-ups and I got these I met these guys I was down in Miami uh, to prepare for the my pro season this past year met these guys called the foot doctors and they train like they train a bunch of NFL NBA guys right so if you train an NBA guy and and they and they like you and they come back to you that tells me like you're you're full rounded uh, performance guy so they taught me a bunch of off the wall type of workouts that have to do with like med, light med balls and like starting from your literally your toe all the way to your elbow and strengthening that those those chains there and dude you wouldn't believe man i, I had so many weak chains that like my, my body started shaking because it was so weak and so that's the kind of stuff that i i like i fell in love with and like i like to do that with my my guys because i work out with i train some younger players like 9 10 11 12 all the way up to well 26 27 and that's the one thing i would tell them is like weightlifting's cool it, it is really cool it make it gets you bigger stronger but when it comes to like getting uh prepared to play the game at the highest level like you got to do the things leading up to the game that gets you there and so well, I can't really let weight lift right before a game, right? You're going to crush yourself. Yeah. So doing those things, it's actually way harder than you think. Like try, try hopping on one foot for a minute with a, with a focus on like the, the bottom outside of your foot and hop on that spot. Dude, it's, it's Killer. insanely hard. There's <laughs> 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 the simplest things you realize that are actually the hardest things to do. So that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm, I like to just play around with, with fitness and nutrition and stuff like that. It's kind of like we were saying right before we started recording, we were talking about the non-contact injury that happened to the guy at the Alabama game. Like, right. that's a lot of, I guess that goes with a lot of that stuff, right? Like a lot of this, uh, when you grow up, this is an assumption, you've obviously played at a much higher level of sports than like we have in, in general. But like when you're young, you learn about more of like the, the practical, just like st- – um, What's the word I'm looking for? Not static movements, but like the you know the typical like what, functional functional move. Like, there you go. But less like less of the practical that apply to everyday movements. Like like we were saying, a lot of guys work the up down squats, but you don't do the lateral band walks or the monster walks, like that kind of stuff to work those those stability muscles, I guess if you will that that apply right. You know, like squatting is great for developing power in your legs, and a lot of you know yeah. for baseball, I guess it comes from a lot of legs and, and torso. But you know, like driving off your foot, like what motion in the gym. 
like mimics that, right? So I guess, and you it's know, I guess good for those the kids that you're teaching it to because like you don't you don't yeah. I'm sure it, you wish you had that when you were at that age. Yeah, right? there's so many times, and one of my favorite examples is yoga. You ever do like warrior pose? And you get in there, like, I'm a fit dude. I remember the first time I ever did a, a yoga class. It was with a girl I was dating back in like 2011, maybe. And I get to do warrior pose. My arms are just getting tired holding them out. Yeah. You know, you're like off to the side. I'm like, I'm shaking. How is nobody else shaking? I'm like, I'm a fit dude. Like, I bench 225, no big deal. And like, couldn't lift my arms for a minute and a half. Like, yeah. And something so simple just because you don't do it. Yeah. So you start training those those odd muscles and you know, obviously from then you see like Legree classes. You know, yeah. Legree got super big and oh, a lot I crushed of Legree. I'm you terrible did? at it. Terrible. Yeah. Is that more, uh, some more fit than Ricky? <laughs> that's what we established. <laughs> True athlete. Yeah. Yeah. Is that like uh what, what do you call it? What's Pilates? Pilates? Like it's yeah. like Pilates, it's like, yeah. that's what it is. It's it is machine, like right? yeah. No, it's like reformer, that was the, reformer. That's it. It is arguably the hottest. Like, hard, it, hardest. Is, it is one of the hottest classes too. Eh? <laughs> you go on King Street. It, is, uh, it is definitely one of the toughest things. But like though, you know, like and again, I'm not uh the most fit person, but like I prefer doing stuff like that. Like yoga is probably one of the big I don't do it as frequently, but it's one of the big ones I do. But even like like um, Legree I love going It sucks when you're in it Like it's very very hard And everyone in that class Makes it look super easy But stuff like that Like you don't move Those muscles every day You don't realize How weak they are Until you actually Start working them And those are the Practical muscles That every day That prevent you From you know Having hip injuries Down the road When you're like 50 And you know Just yeah. from like The basic stuff That wears down With age And you don't realize It now while you're young And you're more limber but those are things that catch up with you. You need knee surgeries. You need you know hip replacements. Whatever it is, like doing that practical stuff now and getting getting ahead of it is super important. I don't know what the point of that is, but yeah. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, I don't, no, no, but like yeah, I was kind of. I, I wanted to. Yeah. We're gonna kind of rewind a little bit now and, and transition more to to baseball. And obviously, it's a big part of why you're here. Played yeah. baseball together back in the day. No big deal. We're on the same team. <laughs> Humble brag. I heard Ricky, I heard Ricky got scouted by the. Uh, by the yellow, the yellow team at uh, sponsored by Longos. <laughs> I, that's right. That's what I put down when I tried out for the team in grade twelve. I put the yellow team. No, on the tryout form. Yeah, dude, you uh, you made the squad, man. I did. What are you gonna do? Can't, I, I got proof. Man, we got proof. You got you got into one game, right? Yeah, pitched. ERA <laughs> yeah. infinite. Were you were you picked as like a hype guy, like a yeah, team guy? That was, was like me. That was guy. me. At my high school team, I was picked as a team guy. I think I picked everyone up. Yeah, I think because of Marcus and Sean, one of our other buddies. I think they just told the coach basically, like, yeah, just just take him. You got one spot left. Just he's the guy. Just yeah, that's it, dude. I played right field. I was a big just team guy. I made him into a couple games. Threw a guy at home once. That was the highlight of my career. I don't think I ever touched the ball. I uh, my, outside of that inning, I kind of pitched. I didn't touch the ball. No. <laughs> and one yeah, at still showed up though. But I showed up every day. Hype man. What a guy. Uh, on that note, let's get back. Let's get into some baseball. So, for those of you who don't know, Marcus obviously a fucking sick baseball player growing up. Got drafted. Twice to the show, what third round Jays? Yeah, that was the second. Was that time. the second time? First round was Milwaukee. Yeah, twenty something round. What was it like? What, being- you, what, what year were you uh, first time you got drafted? Oh wait, so senior year, high school. Oh wait, straight at USA Mike's. Yeah, yeah. straight at USA yeah. Mike's. Wow. What was yeah. it like? First time I was. First time I didn't know I was. Uh, I mean, I knew I wasn't going to sign. I knew I was. I wanted to go to school. Ohio, right? Uh, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma, yeah, Oklahoma State, and it was a big wow. school. Big school. Big, big football, basketball school. Baseball is – they're ranked this year top. I think they're 11th in the nation this year. I got a couple guys. I got one guy that's that's there now. It's a big school. So I didn't want to give that up, really. I was kind of wanted to live that lifestyle, you know. I wasn't yeah. ready to, like, give it 100% 
commitment to play baseball yet, you know? <laughs> Everyone yeah. that. Yeah. That a little bit of fun, man. You're 18 years old. Like. So I, I knew I wasn't going to sign, but I like to entertain the the idea of just getting, you know, notoriety and all that. And Pull, yeah, everything, everything's okay? Yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah, so I played long saying that I was, you know, I'm interested and I'm interested. And um, a couple of days before the draft, I, I had an advisor that told me, like, if you're not going to sign, might as well just tell him at the last second, like, eh. Give, send a letter saying no. You're not gonna. So I let them all know, and they're all thankful for that. And then I went to school, man, and I just raged, had a great time. Uh, Oklahoma State. I didn't play that much. Like, I got one chance, two chances to play. Right when the when the season started, the coach gave me a sign, a hit and run sign, which means that you got to put the ball in play, and then you got to hit it also on the ground because the runner's running, right? Both times, I popped it up to the second baseman. I didn't play again for, uh, like, two months. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Are they – I got a question, and I'll ask the follow-up after. But they um, – when you were there, coming from Canada, I know you played, like, very high-level ball up here, but what was, like – was it a matter of just super competitive to every single player? Was it different being a Canadian down there? Or was it just purely, like, you literally – everyone gets two chances, three chances, and if you, you know, you, you – Drop the ball, so to speak. You yeah, kind of. Like I, I mean, I was kind of like a like a quieter kid, like kind of an introverted dude. So, I mean, I got charisma, but like those guys that are, we had we had seven or eight guys get drafted that year. So the outfield was already stacked. Everybody in the outfield got drafted, and then the three pitchers got drafted. So it was a big time, big time team, right? So I didn't know. I had one chance, and I I blew it. Um, ended up getting 12 at bats the year and hit two home runs. Only two hits, two for 12, hit two home runs. That's like, I, oh, love, say, I love saying that. I love saying that. <laughs> oh, I didn't even hit a single. Oh, yeah. Did you, did you pimp them when they went out? Or you just yeah, kinda... I pimped one. I had this wide, <laughs> ugly looking stance. So I got a video that my dad came down and caught one of the home runs on, uh, on camera. And bro, I just the ugliest, <laughs> widest stance you can think of, like no swag at all. Who are the, the wide stances? It wasn't the Jeff. Wasn't it like a match? Jeff, Jeff Bagwell. Jeff had Bagwell. It, was, <laughs> it wasn't like you guys know Jeff. Jeff Bagwell. He had like the widest. You couldn't even. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but I ended up transferring out from that big school. I had a great time. I didn't even party with the baseball guys. Like I ended up partying like with the wrestlers, dude. I made friends with the wrestlers, and phew, those guys were crazy, bro. Wrestlers, eh? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I made friends with the wrestlers, the fr some of the freshman wrestlers, and kind of kept my distance from those guys. Like, I kept baseball, baseball, and then the other lifestyle, I kind of just I ventured off into my own thing, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, then I left and I went to the school called Connor State the next year because I didn't play. I was pissed that the coach promised me a scouting or starting position. Didn't get it. I was pissed. So, I, I left, went to this tiny school, like, 2,500 people in the in the whole town had the best time of my life. Finally, learned kind of smarten up a bit, learned routine. Went to the went to the uh, the cages, which the the batting cages every night. Which before, like if I saw somebody hitting in the cage practicing early on by themselves, I'd be like, "What is this guy doing? Why is he practicing?" I didn't understand. And then later, I was like, "Okay, it's actually fun to practice with your buddies." And like, so I got into a good routine, and like. I was just lifting like twice a day, getting just jacked. Yoked. I looked the part. You gotta look the part if you're gonna be if you're gonna be a, a pro. Like you gotta look the part first. You gotta catch eyes. So I had that. 
Um, and when the season hit, I just went on an absolute tear. Hit ended up the season like hitting uh, a bunch of home runs and got a bunch of scouts coming. Like hit a home run and this like my buddies would tell me like the scouts were high fiving each other after you hit the home run. Like crazy. Uh, in this small town of 2,500 too. Yeah, yeah. We had no fans, but so you'd really know when the scouts were there. And so, fun time, man. Like, I look back on it like, holy, dude. It was good times, man. And like, uh, it was the year, you know, you're a baseball guy? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Bryce Harper? Yeah, yeah. That was his his year, 2010. He was in junior college, he's, he was, but he's 16. He played, in, he played in Vegas, right? He did, yeah. Yeah. University of Southern, the, Southern Nevada, yeah. The story that he, when he was playing in Vegas, he hit one like, 500 feet or some sh- something like because he's playing catcher back then too Dude. i think yeah oh yeah yeah and he, yeah he was uh he played he started as a catcher and he uh i remember hearing a story on sports center that he there was this like this you know the next big guy and he hit a ball that was like they showed the park that he played at allegedly he no, went yeah. like 500 feet no i remember that video yeah but you used to use like t- use metal or tin belt no he used wood he's wood which is crazy i use metal i was using these these bats that just i would hit balls ball five, 500 feet 450 easy and he was doing the same thing with wood but yeah that's what they do for guys like if you're a big time prospect with a big arm athletic they put you as a catcher before you get drafted it raises your stock yeah because if you're a good catcher you know to call a game all that kind of stuff you're it's more valuable especially if you can 100%. hit they did the same thing you know remember uh, brett laurie yep yeah yeah brett laurie they did right before the draft we were playing uh in dominican right before the draft like we went on like a 10-day uh, team canada trip play all the pro dominican kids so they made him a catcher, and then he went off, hit like 10 home runs in 10 days, and then Jeez. that's and he got drafted in the first round. But they made him a catcher, and that's what you do to make, make yourself more I didn't valuable. know that. How these guys grew up playing catcher? Brett, no, Brett, like most of them do. Most yeah. of them do. And that was just kind of, uh, it was just kind of like, look what I can do. I can, play, I can catch if I want. Like, it was just to show me, just yeah. to get more attention, and he did, and he crushed it. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? A lot of Canadian. Maybe this is an assumption, but like, just thinking like, there's him, Russell Martin. Who's the guy on the Jays right now? Um, um, catcher. Um, maybe he might be in the farm system still in AAA. Canadian guy, I think. Uh, I forget. Right now with the Jays? Yeah, it was the P maybe. Pent. Pent. Max Penta. Something? Oh, uh, what's his name? Okay, anyways, is he still there? Possibly, but the, uh, Pentecost, Max Pentecost. That's it. Yeah, is he still with the Jays? I don't know, man. But I guess. But- like what I guess what I was getting at, it feels like a lot of Canadian guys end up being catchers, or like I don't know, really. Re- well, like if you're a good catcher, guys, but I mean, it feels like if you stand out as a, if you're a good catcher in Canada, you stand out instantly. Yeah. If you have a good arm and you can swing it a little bit, then you stand out. So, yeah, yeah. And those guys usually move on. Yeah, but they, yeah, man, I had a crazy year and and uh, ended up got a bunch of attention and and. Yeah, man, I ended up getting drafted uh, in the third round, which is it's, – it's where I wanted to get drafted. It was the minimum where I wanted to get drafted in high school. Like, that's the only way I would have signed in high school is if I would have gotten drafted in the third round, right? So it's funny that, like, I don't know, two years later, I got drafted exactly where I wanted to go. It makes you think, though, eh? Like, you set, you set a goal. You don't know when it's going to happen, but then you you achieve the goal. Mm-hmm. So you made me think I should have set I should have set higher goals. So I should have won one overall. So I would have known that. Then I would have. It's so higher. funny you say it because sometimes you don't know when your something's going to happen. So I, I don't remember where I saw this, and I might butcher this. And if I do, I'm so sorry. But it's the story about the farmer. So the farmer goes out to his crops one day, and he's got all this corn. And everyone's like, "Oh, look, that's great! You got all this corn. You can sell." And he's like, "Yeah, that's all right. Maybe." 
the next day there's a big fire all his corn burns down someone's like oh no that's terrible and he goes yeah all right maybe then the next day the sun comes back for more and everyone's like oh it's so that's so amazing he's like yeah maybe well, next day, the son's trying to rebuild this, this crop. It falls, breaks his leg. Everyone's like, oh, no, that's terrible. He's like, yeah, maybe. Well, the next day, the army comes back, wants to get his son. He's got a broken leg, can't go back to war. Mm. Everyone's like, oh, that's amazing. He's like, maybe. And the moral of the story is that you don't know if something's going to be great or if something's going to be terrible until you're looking back on it. So you might see something and think that's fucking terrible, but in, actually, in, in actuality, reality, could be something that's good. Preach. You know what I mean? It's I, I kind of no, maybe no, you, butchered you, that story, but the premise, have you heard that one? I haven't heard it, but the premise is correct, and a lot of it goes. There's uh, I've been reading a lot about like a lot, a lot on stoicism, and like, mm. essentially what it is to like. I mean, uh, to your point, like that's the important thing of anything in life. You can't. That's why you shouldn't be sad, happy. You should like not be indifferent. You should enjoy the highs and the lows. Enjoy the but, moment, yeah. but there's always a lesson to be learned in anything, essentially. Yeah. Um, but one of the biggest things is like. Maybe I'm reaching a bit here, but it plays on like stoicism and what the I guess the general theme is like you can't the there's certain things you can control and which and there's certain things you can control and all you should worry about and things that should you should concern yourself with are things you can control because the fact is you can't you shouldn't get upset you shouldn't get emotional you shouldn't get irrational you shouldn't be surprised because you should expect that good and bad is gonna happen mm. all you can worry about is the things you can control and then the things you can't control that's that's kind of what you focus on and even then you shouldn't be like. Like to your point, you know, it's good. Preach, okay, maybe preach. it's good, maybe it's bad. You don't know until it until it, ha yeah. it happens. I, I want to stress that that story, yeah. but anyways, looking back now, so you know, we're a decade later, give or well, take. Well, I want to ask though. Hang on, before the on the on the draft aspect, I was going to ask something on a similar note. Go ahead. Okay, so I was going to say, I thought you, thought you were do you ahead. looking back now? Do you wish that you would have told the, all the the scouts that you wanted to play the first time around, or did you looking back now? Do you enjoy what you did and? No, I don't regret anything, man. No, I, I, everything happened. I look back and I'm like, holy, like part of it, what you guys are saying is you look back and you realize that like, you're, you want to be ultimately grateful to everything that happened. You can't change it, but no, I, I think everything happened perfect. I mean, I could have set my goal higher. I want, I would tell <laughs> yeah. the next guy like, yo, don't aim for the first round, <laughs> aim for the first round. Cause yo, if it's anything like my experience, like you're going to get what you ask for. Right. And we always get what we ask for. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Man, if, yeah, exactly. That's what it, it's uh, but still, in baseball, though, relatives, like, I mean, obviously everyone wants to go in the first round, um, but, like, the third round in a baseball draft is still very high. Like, For those who don't yeah, know, there's, what, 30 rounds, 40 rounds? At that point, there's 40. How yeah. many are there now? Well, the first, uh, the first year, 2020, there was uh, five, just because, just because of what happened, you know, the whole uh, thing that happened. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's the new rule. That's what we don't talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. And then last like year, that. there was 20. Last year, there was 20 rounds, so they kind of... Increase increased it, and then this year uh, there might be forty again. I gotta check, but I got so you went in the top ten percent. Yeah, I was of the of those drafted, which are already in the top one percent of athletes. So I was, yeah, it was it was a high, uh, yeah, I was very proud. I was I was pumped. Like I was, to me that was like, it was it was money exactly where I'd, I'd like to go. Yeah, third third round is is, is solid. Like Pompey's brother got drafted in the third round. Where's is his brother supposed to be better than he is too? Is that or am I wrong about that? I think I saw him on. He's still playing. In he's still playing. Yeah. He's still playing. I think. I think he's going through some like, some uh, some struggles. Like in terms young, of performance, younger or older. He's the younger. Younger. He's one, younger. Yeah. yeah. In terms of like performance, he's not like putting up numbers like he should be, but he's super talented. I yeah. talked to Dalton two weeks ago when I was down in Florida because he was down there at the same time. Oh yeah. yeah? So I was like, "What are you? Is he playing right now? Where's he so, at? 
Dalton signed with um, Arizona's. I thought it was Anaheim. Anaheim, yeah. Oh, so he is with them still. So he signed with them last year. So he got sent to right when he yeah, came yeah, here. Yeah. He was flying out like five days later. Yeah. So he ended up playing. I, I don't know which level, but I know over the Christmas holidays he was down in Florida visiting his brother because his brother's currently playing in Tampa. Tampa He's with the Marlins. Miami. Marlins are in Palm Beach. So maybe with the Palm Beach then, yeah. That makes sense. He's on that side of Florida, yeah. Yeah. So good for him. But even you, you got drafted to the Jays. Like that's only yeah, Canadian yeah. team. You're Canadian. It's was that I mean your favorite team, I'm assuming. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So again, Di- I'm I was always a diehard Jay fan. I like the I like the Red Sox that one year with Pedro Martinez, like uh Manny Ramirez. Yeah, big big a, time players, big poppy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they but finally like the Jays, they, they beat like, that curse. What's the curse? Uh, the goat thing or yeah, yeah. no, that was uh, that's Chicago. The uh, the Boston Red Sox was like Carl. Was it Carl Yastrzemski went through his legs or who the hell was it? The guy Bill Buckner. No, Bill Buckner. Yeah. I'm thinking, why is it Carl Yastrzemski? Yeah, Bill Buckner threw his legs. And then they finally forgave him after like how many years? Thirty <laughs> years. And they, he that cried, guy he like cried yeah, he, in front of the crowd. Oh man, it's, it's so crazy. emotional, bro. Like, him. It was him there, and it was the guy um, in Chicago, the uh, fan that, that caught the ball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was wearing the he yeah the, the headphones. Uh, headphones. <laughs> couldn't go back, and then after they won, I think they did the same thing with him. They sent him like uh, they wanted him to come to the stadium. He couldn't go down, whatever. <laughs> it's just a sad it's story. So unfair, the guy, yeah, because the guy couldn't hear. Like he was listening on. The, you hear the story? You know it. There's he, a documentary. No, uh, yeah, thirty for thirty. He basically yeah. his I guess his side <laughs> of the story, and like and I think this is the, what it was. Because when you listen to it, like a lot of guys listen like real traditionalists yeah, yeah. listen to the game to hear like the, the telecast yeah. or whatever it is. Mm. He heard a he heard the ball was like it's popped up, but he didn't realize it was gonna be in play. They just said foul or something. So there was a delay between what he was hearing and what he was seeing. So like the it was like saying like oh it's kind of I think going foul, and he ended up like reaching out for it. And it that's a tough one. Cost him the game. He didn't know they were tracking it. Whatever. You know what's crazy about or not crazy, but it's kind of cool. You know who broke both curses? Same team president was um, Theo? not Billy Bean. Theo Epstein. Theo Epstein was in Boston. He was like the youngest GM in the league at that time. Yeah. Broke the curse in Boston. Then went to go play with Chicago. Developed that team with like Rizzo and Baez and Bryant. All these guys. Broke the curse there. Crazy. Imagine how crazy. good you have to be and how you, he will be. That guy will never pay for a, a, a single thing in any of those cities or either of those cities. Dude. But he's got the money too though. Yeah. I think actually <laughs> you got to have some BD to go play like to go to like two cities with curses and break the curses. Just winning two championships on two different teams is crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So the year when you went, you got drafted third round. What year was that? 2010. 2010. Yeah. Who would have got drafted? So who was in the draft class to the Jays that year? With it you. was um, Syndergaard, Sanchez. Oh, Jesus. Aaron Nol- uh, um, Nicolino. Nicolino. Yeah. yeah. So those three were always hanging out That together. was the Lansing three, I remember, back in the yeah, day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then they all got sent. Yeah, they were in uh, the – when I was in Lansing, they were a year younger, and then they all came up to help us win the playoffs. Yeah. We ended up losing in the finals. But, yeah, Sanchez, me and him went way back. We went – we joined uh, – we went to uh, Los Angeles Angels pre-draft workout, whatever. Uh, together for the first time then we ran into each other again at the Blue Jays pre-draft workout we're like yo wait what's up man and then we both <laughs> got drafted by the Jays it was pretty cool man but I, dude I separated my shoulder like a month before the draft like trying to die trying to save a no hitter from one of my teammates for one of my teammates dove hit the wall separated my shoulder a month before the draft dude and your I was throwing like, arm 
on my throwing arm. I threw the ball and I was like, yo, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> yo, no. <laughs> yeah, I was like, ah. About that. Yeah, so, dude, I had to get... I had to go to the pre-draft, pre, all these pre-draft workouts. I couldn't run. So run, pre-draft workouts about hitting the ball far as you can, running as fast as you can, and then, and then just looking like a ball player. I couldn't run or throw. So literally I show up and just hit. At least, you're, at least you're jacked at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. So jacked, dude. <laughs> so like, yeah, and the, the Blue Jays, everybody, I remember all the guys that got drafted to the Jays told me this afterwards when, when we were all friends. They're like, yo, when you walked in that pre-draft workout, I walked in like 20 minutes late for some reason. <laughs> So everyone's stretching. I'm, I walk in. Everyone thinks I'm like a big leaguer. I don't run. I don't run or throw. <laughs> They're like, "Who is this guy?" All I do is hit, and I'm just dropping absolute bombs. You're up. <laughs> absolute bombs. It's like there's nobody in the stands. So I hit him. Moonshots lands in the second deck. All yours. Goom. Hit another one. <laughs> Goom. Everyone's looking at me like, I get. I get another chance to hit. I got a special chance to hit again. And uh, Cito Gaston, you know Cito Gaston. Legend. Yeah, he shook my hand like his big scaly fingers. He got fingers like the size of man, like, <laughs> like cucumbers, bro. <laughs> he got Yo. the first. That guy's a legend. Brought the first championship uh, to the Jays, yeah, man. Yeah, legend, legend. Uh, yeah. So he shook my hand, and then he gave me another shot to hit BP, and I just dropped more bombs. And I'm like, this is where I'm going. This is yeah. where I'm at. There's no way I could not have been drafted by the Jays. There's no way I did too well. And I yeah. just did all I did was hit. It was hilarious, man. That's honestly amazing. Good for you. Were you nervous when you separated your shoulder? You were thinking like, were you thinking like, fuck, I'm gonna like my stock's gonna drop, or were you still going in like riding confident? Like, I think it did. My, it did drop my stock, man. I think it did. Looking back on it, health is wealth, dude. They see you're hurt, and then they start to doubt, right? So it could be something that nags and lingers yeah. and all that. Yeah, stuff. And, and it never did at all. I took care of it. They cause I rehabbed it when I was with the Jays, but uh, I was scared, man. I'd be. I mean, I went to five pre-draft workouts, and my dad, me, and my dad, pretty much took a road trip around the states, going to each place, and we we ended up getting into some heated fights just out of frustration that of what was happening. Like it just it didn't look good. I'd show up and be like, "No, I can't throw." And what about run? I couldn't run because I couldn't move my arm, right? Ah. Uh. And then I was strapped up. My arm was strapped up in a sling, and I was swinging. So you could still swing the bat and still put them out with the. The only way it hurt is if I missed. Then I would, I would hurt. Because when you whiff, you're yanking. Excruciating like, pain. But if when I struck one, like nothing. So you were laser focused on putting those yams yeah. out there. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I'm not missing. <laughs> no, if it's not down the middle, I'm not swinging. <laughs> too much pain, man. But yeah, it all healed up. But yeah, I think it might have affected something. Yeah. But you know, you can't look. Still, yeah. It's health is wealth, man. I'll preach that all the time. Yeah. Anytime someone gets hurt, you're going you're gonna to start to doubt them. Yeah. The uh, so you said those guys you going to got drafted with. What was it like uh, coming up? Because that was a year that they went heavy, a lot of pitching that year. I guess right. They, those they two did. Guys. Yeah. yeah. And it would have been else? you. Is anyone else came after you? Uh, well, they had. I think they had eleven picks or nine picks in the first three rounds, which was, which was huge for me because I'm looking at all the teams that have all the the big picks in the first couple rounds. Yeah. And those are the like the Angels had. A lot of picks in the first three rounds, but they already they picked Mike Trout the year before, so they're not really they're not hot on outfielders. Yeah, no one knew how, how good he was going to be, but because he also played in New Jersey growing up, and he didn't play like most guys play down south. They get they get like you know all year round ball basically, and it's he played crazy. in New Jersey, yeah. and he used to so New Jersey's like Toronto. You can't play all year, and no one that he felt he was still a first round pick, but he was like late mid first. Yeah, late late to mid late yeah or mid to late. Yeah, so nine. Like nine picks, so I I just knew I, I'd like to be drafted by them. I told the Mar the Marlins, if you draft me in the first round, I'll take I'll take a million. 
<laughs> I said thanks, bud. Didn't go. <laughs> Miami's a good city to play and end get that money. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice. They're the yeah. worst team. They're the worst team at the time. So they still are pretty bad, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. They're all, I mean, they're all right. They got a lot of young guys, but they don't do much when it when it comes down to yeah, it. Yeah, it's pretty nice park, but man, they get like. I don't know, a couple thousand a game. Yeah. That's it? You know? It's bad, yeah. yeah. But Jeter owns well, the team well, now, so. Wasn't Tampa really bad, too? And, like, yeah, they I made went, a run I all went, the way. I went this year. They won. They they went to the World Series last yeah. last year. DB and I were, we were on a road trip recently for a startup a couple months ago. And uh, we were driving through Tampa, and the Jays were actually playing. And, uh, yeah, we buy tickets, like, uh, 30 bucks or something. We're, like, we could have got even. We could have got a dollar ticket. We got 30 bucks against the Jays' dugout. Visitors dug out like right against the fence there, and nice. uh, empty. Like and I say, empty. Maybe four thousand people. Crazy. And they went to the World Series the year before, <laughs> and they were they were the the best. They're still to this year, or they were. I guess over now. They were the best team in the LCS, uh, the AL this year. Yeah. No one. And like you're in Florida. Like it's nice. Baseball's out there. like you think it makes so? absolutely no sense. Yeah. I think I don't know it's crazy. And it, you, like you have a team like the Jays that. They pack I mean, when they're good. When they're they good, they pack yeah. the Rogers Center. Man. They pack it. I remember, like, not to jump too far ahead, but like 2015, 16, I think. Mm-hmm. That run. My my boy Anthopolis, his last couple of years Ooh. won the World Series too. Shout out to the Greeks. Let's go. Yes, sir. I can't believe let him walk Shapiro and Atkins. They do not right now though. But um, yeah, that was the year. I still remember where I was when the first trade. I can't remember if it was Tulo or Price traded first. I think it was Price was the first trade. Can't remember, but I remember I was in like Germany with, with my, my buddy Mike. You're in like, Germany? No, no, I'm I'm Greek. Oh, but I was in Germany. <laughs> I, was, I know you're Greek. Greek power. <laughs> I was in uh, I was in Germany like on European vacation. Like the, the trade happened. I was somewhere in Europe, and I remember we were watching Price's first start, and then just the Jays went on a fucking. You were watching game in Germany? I was on my phone in line to go to a like going to a club or a bar, and I was streaming right. on my phone. Dad, I didn't care watching <laughs> Price's first start as a Jay. I was like, we're winning the World Series this oh, year. All the hype around that was crazy. That mm. those couple of years there. I'll be back. I saw soon. Donaldson the other day. Uh, not the other day. Like maybe a He's month. In Toronto, ago. Though, I think. Yeah, because yeah. I think his either wife or girlfriend, his wife, who, yeah. his partner. Yeah. I think she's uh, she's from Toronto. Yeah, from Newmarket. Newmarket. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah, that was good. Cool. Uh, yeah, because she's got. Did you let the fact check that one? Danielle is a human. He fact goes. Uh, <laughs> he goes to the Leaf games a whole bunch. Yeah, I saw him. I saw a video of him there. Yeah, I've seen him twice there. That's just when I was sitting in the cabin to sit in the same area. Which is pretty crazy. You what? Did you ever cross paths with him at all? Like he? No, he, he was uh, when I went. Yeah, my last year with the Jays, he got picked up by the Jays. So we, I went to the Twins, and then he got signed by the Jays. Did you go? Wait, was he? No, because he went to the Twins after. No, I think he was with the Athletics. A's before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so that was the Twins. 2014, 13, 14? Well, his first year with the Jays was 2015. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was the off He traded in the offseason, I think. Yeah, so I got let go in spring training by the Jays. I was like, well, where's my life going now? And then a week later, got signed by the Twins. Okay, let's go, right? Let's go new new blood, right? Yeah. New, uh, Minnesota, guys. let's go. Yeah, so I drove. Well, I guess not Minnesota. Yeah, so I drove across uh, the state, three hours, and there I was at a new team, brand new team, brand new organization. Oh, uh, you was, were, was it during spring training down in uh, you were in Florida then? Yeah, exactly. Got so it. I joined I joined the Twins the last couple of days of spring training, and. Uh, and yeah, I was trying to put up, put together all of Donaldson's everything that he does. I was trying to copy him. Just epic fail. I had to go back to whatever I was doing before. <laughs> yeah. But what's yeah. it like being down in spring training when you've got you know I don't know maybe a couple hundred people? 
How many people are oh, down in spring training? Because for your team, like, there's all there's in the system. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's got to yeah, be a couple hundred. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, they got to fill. Now it's a little different because they cut. I think they cut 1,200 players. They cut a bunch of teams because of uh, they just there's time to shorten up. There's so many levels. Yeah. Well, there's but, what uh, four levels, like five levels. How many levels are there in baseball? High, low A, Up high A, double A, triple yeah, A, rookie summer ball, ball, Dominican. So they got like yeah, 30, 30 guys each team, 25, 30. So they got like 150. Yeah, and then they got more team. guys after spring training. They got more guys coming in for extended spring training, which is like if you go to extended spring training, you know, good luck, man, because you got to wake up. You got to do the same thing every day for five months. Pretty so much. you basically just get your you're just doing spring training continues. Is that like a development thing? Like it's like uh, it's when they don't have a spot for you on any full season team. You guys stay ready though. Yeah. So they say here you're invited to extended spring training, and then that happens right after spring training ends. So then all these other guys file in, and then they they compete for the 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 hat the short season teams. So there's a couple short season teams that yeah, there's a lot of levels, man. A lot of levels, about 150 200 guys. All fighting for a spot, all trying to like impress the coaches and get to the get to the batting cages at like six a.m. and swing. And there's a bunch of. Uh, are you guys like buddies or are you guys are all just like kind of nipping at each other's heels there? Dude, it's yeah, it's kind of wild, man. Like if I I was in a good spot the first couple of years because I I was a high round pick, so they they put money into me, so I knew I wasn't going anywhere. It wasn't until a couple of years later when I was like, okay, so this year might be the year where they just get got. Got me out, so I started getting these these feelings of like these fears, right? But everybody's dude on the team. Everybody gets along. Well, I mean, everybody comes from a different different place, right? In the states, Dominican, all that. So usually, the biggest fight is over the music in the clubhouse. Really, that's what everyone complains about the music because everybody has to. You have to make everybody happy. So a couple of years there, I took the took the reins as like the the music guy. Just yeah, what would you happy. put on? I put on everything, bro. I mean, I like. <laughs> I mean, I stuck when, like iPod and... shuffles were still a thing. <laughs> Phones didn't play music yet. No, the iPhone came out in 2008. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like, so I remember when I was at university, so in 2012. I, when we graduated, we had iPhones that played music. No, that I was, was still Blackberry Bold. Not when you graduated. I had yeah. I, I was Blackberry Bold until 2014. Okay, I don't know. Sorry, uh, we were know. black boy. Our, our year of university, like Western, was like BBM back in the day. Oh like, yeah, huge! Yeah, I remember yeah. like, and you could buy the different color cases too. I remember I had a white Blackberry Bowl though. That nice. was cool. <laughs> I was uh, um, nice. I, I was gonna ask who um, who was the guy you got along with best through coming up at any point um, after whether it was like basically from when you got drafted to the Jays. From then on, even if it was Minnesota anywhere, was there any guy that like you didn't know at all going in that you really vibed with? Good guy, um, dude. I vibe with so many guys, man. I'm like, dude, I, I'm the guy sure. that is that's like I'm easy with everybody. So there's so many guys. I got, there's so, I met so many guys down there that I wish I could talk to them all like right now, but everybody has their own life afterwards and and things like that. But I mean, I, I really like Kevin Pilar. He's he's uh, I always liked the way he played and everything. And uh, a bunch of guys you'd you'd never know, right? Mostly, I mean, only how many percent make the make to the show? Very like five, few, yeah. Five percent, if that. So. I was reading a stat today. This about the NHL is a little different. Um, <clears throat> out of all the kids that play minor hockey in Ontario, only point one one will get drafted to the NHL. So out of that point eleven percent that get drafted to the NHL, point one, point one one. 
Yeah, yeah, but still point. Yeah, so let's call point one. Point up. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know 11, what you mean. Yeah. I got you. I got 11%. you. 0.11%. So point one. Uh, point one of that. Of those people, only like half of them will actually play an NHL game, and only a quarter of them will play more than 400 games in the NHL. So it's 0.015% of minor league hockey players will play more than 400 that's games insane. in the NHL. Yeah, 400 is a lot. That's that's five seasons. Yeah, give or take. Yeah. But you but think that, like, that's like the coveted mark for NHL, right? It's 400. I don't know what it is for the MLB, but it's it's like that, man. You, you got yeah. it, but there's more. There's way there's, more there's baseball more, players than yeah, hockey yeah. players. Way more in the yeah world, yeah, uh, yeah. Way, in the even world. in North well, America. In North America, sorry. Even in North America. Never yeah, mind I'm, South America you, or Central America. You know how you increase your odds? Yeah, you increase your kids' odds of having them make the show, make them bo- have them born in the first quarter oh, yeah, of the yeah. year. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's in. It's it typically in. What any, book is that? It's it's in a book. It's in uh. It's in, I think it's out. That's a great. That's one of the the, the most like stats that have stuck in my yeah, mind. Yeah, it's, it's over like the one years. of I think it's Malcolm Gladwell, like Outliers of David versus Goliath, or one of yeah. his books. I I think, and it's I think there was a study done years ago. I thought you like, were gonna say have money. Yeah, <laughs> steroids. Not, I thought no, you were gonna say steroids. Because I, I I would Uh-oh. disagree. Because like I mean, hockey is expensive, but I think if you look at like in every sport, there's probably a like a fairly equal distribution between like people who had money who became successful because of the tools and people who are come from absolutely nothing who are successful because you got to remember too like there's there's good and bad because of both having money gives you best access to the best coaches the best trainers the best equipment but you lose a lot of drive if, not everybody yeah, some yeah. people just love it but some whatever yeah. when you have nothing all you have you have drive and hunger to outplay everybody to everyone yeah. There's drive in everybody, but I think I, I bet you it's different. Each sport is different. Each yeah. like I bet you if you look at I don't know, maybe I, this could be wrong, and I don't know, but maybe I feel like basketball. You feel like people coming from like the streets of New York, the streets of California, that end up making it. Then you have like again the prep school. I feel like if you look at hockey, again hockey is just more of an expensive sport. But yeah, for sure, for sure. And you like one of the biggest things too is how many people in the world, like how many pro athletes, kids make professional sports. I would say very small. Number. I would say like that number point, like one yeah, one percent, probably. Because yeah. even that, like I was actually listening to a podcast on the way over here, and it was talking about um, it was PTI, and you know how at the end of PTI they do uh, like the anniver- uh, happy whatever, happy yeah, anniversaries, yeah. all that. To to Don Bosa, I think, who was played uh, played football, was drafted in the first round, played football. I guess I want to say Chicago or somebody. That's Nick Bosa and Joy Bosa's dad. They are only. Uh, they are the second family in NFL history to have three people in the family go in the first round. Do you know who the other family is to have three people go in the first round? Manning. Yeah, yeah. So, but you Ooh. know it's crazy. <coughs> the Mannings. You know it's crazy. Archie Manning, oh. Peyton, and Eli. Archie yeah. went second. This is I don't know if it's for sure. Archie Manning, I think, went second overall, and Eli and Peyton went both first overall. And their grandson now, their uh, the Peyton. Uh, Eli's son, one of their sons. I thought it was the third. Sorry, the third, third brother's brother, son, yeah. Arch Manning, is a, like a stud. Might go. F- there's a chance he could be yeah, a stud. I heard he's a stud. They have yeah. four people in the first round if yeah. he gets drafted. Well, they're saying because, that, but that's they're crazy. saying that that'll be. I think it's the first. It'll be the first like actual Hall of Fame general, not Hall of Fame. Wild. They use a different word, but it's like a first like NFL caliber generation. Because you need three for like a, a generation. Yes. Of yeah. Yeah. I know. What you two mean. is uh, like a family or whatever. Three yeah, is yeah. a generation. Something like so generational. Four. Yeah. 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 So yeah. It, we're, something, we're on the but, same page. But you know, generational so, talent. Yeah. Anyways, like, we got a little sidetrack. But yeah, it's, uh, and I don't know if that study, like if you're born at the beginning of the year, but I think it's because obviously you're playing, you're bigger at yeah, the beginning of the year. Yeah. And when you're, you're bigger. Same as probably academics too. Like you're. Uh, it's, it's 
intellectual level. You, you develop. So? You have more time. You just you yeah. grow more, and then you so make the stimulus. team. Someone at, when you're 16 getting drafted, someone was born in January versus someone was born in December. That's a big difference. That's why a lot of professional athletes who are born in December, or a lot of people who are born in late December, get held the following year. Yeah, stay back. Well, yeah. The, the better you are, the more you play too, right? The more yeah. people want you on their team, and then the more shifts you get. Like you're playing hockey. And when you're younger, think about growing up. Like, hockey is the best example. A, a 13 or 14 year old, which is like prime development ages. A 13-year-old who's born in January, you're more likely, actually, that's fact, you will be bigger if you were born January than if you were born the, the later that year because you yeah, just have a full yeah. year to grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fun fact, me and Ricky also play on the same hockey team. North York Knights, baby. Yes, Come on. Bang. There hey, it is. Peyton Barber, uh, Pavel Barber, who's like super Pavel big. Pavel Barber. Yeah, super big on like social media. He's like stick handling guy. He was on that team too. Oh, the guy who did the treadmill thingy. Yeah, yeah. That well, was he's, he's on a lot of things. Did he go to St. Mike's? No, but he played on our hockey team, North York Knights. Yeah. That's the guy that does the run, that, whatever. That yeah, he does. Like, he does a like floor ball. He does like some floor ball. He played on Team Canada floor ball actually. Yeah, I think he What's found floor ball. It's kind of like hockey, but like in a gymnasium with a, on not on ice and like a weird looking stick. Yeah, he picks what? up the ball and like yeah. So it's it like a the, stick that, that has like a cr- almost like a la- hockey stick with a lacrosse net at the end. There's a team Canada for that. Yeah, there's team Canada for oh, everything. Yeah, <laughs> like not an Olympic team Canada. Uh, I think a floorball might. No, it's not an Olympic sport. I don't think but so. uh, like floorball is a big thing. And not sorry, Canada, everybody. Anyway, like floorball. I don't mean to laugh yeah. at that. But that's like, what a, like well, like even their penalty shots are crazy. They just stand there, stick handling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just throw it. Check it out. Watch, yeah. out some, watch some highlights. Yeah. We'll watch some after. Yeah, me, that's why me and Marcus became boys. Who was the better hockey player? I'm a goalie. He's a player. It's yeah. different. Okay, if you had to rate them, level. Uh, if you were, if you had, wait, similar. If you had NH, if you had NHL ratings on NHL, the sh- like NHL 2020, whatever. Uh, what would you? What know. would you guys be rated? Uh, rate I was, pretty, I was fast. Marcus, Marcus, was was good. Marcus was big too, man. He was a tough dude. I guess not. I love hitting people, bro. Actually, yeah, <laughs> we both came down from AAA. Yeah, weren't you Mississauga? That was uh, Markham. You were Markham, Markham uh, Waxers. Waxers. No, 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 it was uh, the Markham Islanders. Islanders, and then the the what's the majors, right? Yeah, they, Markham they turned into the majors. So yeah, it was AAA. Yeah, and then you, who would you play for? I was uh, Nats and Marlies. Nats and Marlies. Yeah, because me and Marcus both came down together same year. Yeah, and we went to North York Knights. They were the best team in Double A. Yeah, and we both went there. Pressure. And then we lost. Back wait, wait, wait. What year did you go down to Double A? It would have been in our, in our minor midget year. First year, St. Mike's, so grade nine. Oh, first oh, year. Oh, yeah, you're right, actually. So we were minor. Where did you play in grade Bantham. Where did you play in grade 12? Did you play hockey in grade 12? Yeah, no, that was my, my last year. Was, what? That was my last yeah, year. You were playing baseball. Yeah, what I was Von that. Panther's level? Uh, double A. Did you play against the Huskies? Yep. Because they went to the finals, right? Nope. No? Not not my year, they didn't. Enough in grade 12? No, because I know the backup goal on my team the year before. Do you remember? Because you remember, like, Mike do you remember Dom Sarone? Mike Rostecki played for them. Yeah. Mike, so they, they all that whole team went to my high school. They, they played. They did not go to the finals. They didn't go to the finals? I don't think so. But they were like, so I remember. So <laughs> I remember because Dave Perello and Dom Sarone both played AAA. Dom yeah. was on Vaughn. Dave played the Young Nats. No, yeah, and then Dave went to Vaughn too. That's how they became. Friends. Yeah, and then you remember Perello? Yeah, yeah, they're still good boys with them. Yeah, nice. and then uh, Travis Schoen- Travis Schoenmakers uh, played Double A on the Huskies with Rostecki. They all played on our high school team level. I was the uh, team manager. No big deal. Mean mean tape job on a stick, but couldn't <laughs> shoot for my life. <laughs> I opened the back door. Yeah, I think um, we beat. But they played all together, and I can always remember them coming to school talking about how they were gonna. They were like making this super team, this power team, whatever. I feel like every kid that came from Triple. I thought yeah, they were now. making a super team. In you see it with your buddies, and right? Like you play with your buddies. Yeah, that's what we did, right? Like even St. Mike's, we were a whole bunch of Vaughn kids that came together and we just made our own team. And we thought we were going to kill it because we had all these AAA guys that came down. Like the, to- I don't know if you remember Tomei, but like remember Demonte, Demonte, oh, Demonte yeah, we had Demonte, yeah, Tomei. Who was uh, who was the Shea Morrison? Who was the best guy at St. Mike's hockey when you guys played? 
Best player. Eli used to be really good. He played. He went down to play in the States. Yeah, he played down in the States at... Uh, Not, I know where it is. It's in upstate it, New was York. Sagan, was Sagan that same Mike's? Yeah, but he was younger than us because he he's younger. a 93. Sagan played oh, the same Mike's? Sagan was the same Mike's player. Because I remember when he got drafted to Plymouth, his locker was right beside mine. Like, I don't know if maybe his girlfriend or someone like, decorated or something. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, all boys school. Yeah, but girls could still come into the school. Like, oh, I didn't know he was the same Mike's. Yeah, Sagan's the same Mike's boy. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Where did he grow up? Uh, you grew up in like Markham, Toronto? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Who Toronto? else did we have that was really good our year? Sam Johnson. Nah, was good I think, yeah. The, oh, Hoyle the was Rubinos, really good. The Rubinos. Were Hoyle was a goalie. Hoyle was really good. But he didn't play in uh, St. Mike's ball, hockey, I don't think. No. Who uh, Mike did, though, didn't he? No, but Hoyle didn't. Oh, Hoyle. I don't no, think I don't he think did because so. he ended up going to play elsewhere. Did he go to Harvard? Or something? Yeah, but I think yeah, he, he did. Ross there or something. He got married recently. He yeah. did a crazy look. I was yeah. just wondering that because I don't know how I remember this. I remember I, I just remember seeing this on Instagram and it always stuck with me because he proposed in like I think they got engaged in Morocco or something. Because I remember my sister, I think, did. I don't know how I remember, but they were gonna get married or something, and it was like before the pandemic. And I was actually wondering the other day, I was like, did Hoyle get married? Because I'm off social media. So I guess he got married. Hoyle got married, hundred percent got married. Because I remember he was wearing this like white jacket. Like recently? Very Hoyle. Very Hoyle last. He got married recently? That's uh, within the last six months. Yeah. Huh. Good for him. Yeah. Anyways. Back to you. hockey. Back yeah. to baseball. Back, yeah. back to baseball. Well, where, where do we leave off? We got sidetracked with like hockey players and growth and games played. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where we were at. Anyways, you got drafted to the show. Oh, your was, spring league. Who, uh, I asked you, who you if anybody you got along with the vibe with. Anybody you didn't like or anybody you thought was like too much of a tryhard or just a. I'll probably try hard. people. I, mean, I, I respect like, the tryhards, man. There's so many people that, that would talk smack about the guys who like put it, put the work in. But no, I, I never really I never really uh, talk smack like that, bro. I kind of just try to keep to myself, be friends with everybody. Maybe a little bit too friendly, bro. You got to be like, you got to be laser focused, man. You can't be really too focused. Like, pass me, pass me the boombox over here. Yeah. yeah got to change that song. Yeah. But yeah, I always like making friends, right? Like I want to have... You know, a good solid group of dudes, but in that, in that situation, those situations where you're climbing a ladder with everybody else, like, I, if I were to look back, I said, don't, there's no, you'll make friends when you perform, man. Be a good teammate, you know, but there's no, there's no really making friends, bro. Because you know, you'll make friends na naturally by being who you are, right? Yeah, yeah. So, doggy dog world, bro. I remember when I was like, I was like the, the back half of my career. A little bit closer. A little bit there closer. Right, I'm, I'm pulling it with my uh, my foot here. Very good. We're gonna put it Back over. Yeah, right I got you. I got you. There you go. Thanks, bro. I got you. All right. I got a All right, beauty. We're yeah. good. Yeah, the last uh, last couple years, where I was like, man, my performance was was dropping drastically. Like, I was I got drafted as a power hitter, and. Uh, Five years into my career, I wasn't hitting any home runs. So it's like, okay, what am I good for now? So I had to go through all this stuff in my head. I got some injuries. Like I got hurt lifting. Uh, that yeah, lifting my my lower back was like twisted, and it was it affected. It was the power source. That's kind of like the power source of your. Yeah. It's where everything connects, right? Right where the the hips meet the spine. That was a little bit off, and I never really got after it. Uh, I never really never really healed it, right? So you, you got to heal yourself. If you always got to heal yourself. You heal yourself. Yeah. Right? So where was I going with that? Uh, power numbers dropped. Performance dropped. And I started going, 
when somebody else is doing well, like Pompey had a, I played with Pompey in 2013 and he just absolutely went off and where, we were both where outfielders. Where were you guys playing? We were in Dunedin. Okay. That's uh, a, that's a ball, right? A ball, and yeah. Pompey had, was just lights out, bro. Like every day he showed up, hits, 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 hits. And I'm like, okay, well this you got to stop sometime. You know, I'm starting to get insecure that like, what about me when he's doing well? So like, See, watching everybody succeed when you're not succeeding, it's uh, if you're not in the right mindset, like if you don't understand, if you take it personally, mm-hmm. then you can kind of get into a, just an unhealthy mind frame, man. Like I, like I look back on it and I think I've changed a lot now. Like I've changed and my perspective on life and my perspective on 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 people and, and why we're here, it's all completely changed. I feel like when I was playing ball, I was just some kid that like didn't know what to do. I just kept playing ball because I was good. We're talking about pump, like Pompey. I, we played together in 2013 and he absolutely went off. He went from high A to double A to triple A to the big leagues in one year. That doesn't happen. That's unheard of. It was unbelievable. Very few guys, very few guys do. But I was saying like I wasn't in a I wasn't in a good mindset, man. I was like going out all the time. I was trying to like make. I was trying to. I wasn't focused on what I needed to be focused on. And like when he was doing really well, like he doesn't know this now. If he listens, he'll know. But like I was, I you get these feelings of of kind of like kind of jealousy a little bit, and and. When I was doing really well, I could see other players th- look at me the same way. So it's like, it's a tough, it's a tough uh, environment, man. And you really got to just, just kind of know know what's up. You can't, you can't be doing that. How big really. of a like the mental aspect was it? Like especially because in 2010, mental health and kind of the mental aspect of sports wasn't yeah. as talked about as it is today. You know, today yeah. like every team has their own like psychotherapist and. Uh, I don't know whatever the other words are for psychiatrist. Them. Everybody has a, yeah, every, every, I think every organization for sure. That's like a therapist, but whatever they all have it back in the day. I don't think many teams, it wasn't that big of a, they all employed, they all employed somebody that was there. If you really needed them for off the field issues or on field, they promoted it. There are resources, but you never, I never once called them and been like, I was, I'm struggling. Like, so doing that actually calling somebody helps because you're admitting it you're 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 like accepting your your problems in a sense and you're vocalizing it right but nobody ever really did it and uh but now everybody every organization has a as a uh what do you call it whatever a psychotherapist or yeah yeah a, like a sports person. uh psycho uh, sports psychologist psychologist yeah, yeah yeah sports psychologist but like, i mean how much is how effective is it to sit sit in an office and talk about your feelings when you still got to go out and perform. We're talking about like, how you're struggling. We're not talking about it, it doesn't directly it's not obvious how it directly impacts your performance. But like we were talking about like you said 0.01 or 0.11 guys. 0.11 make end up making it to the top. Right? And of that and it goes most of those guys when when you hit pro ball all have the same skill sets. So the mental side to me that's like that's all I really want to talk about when it comes to baseball. Physically, I put in at ten thousand hours focusing on my on my technique and my swing, and there's not one company that I've that I've been involved with since pro ball that has asked me you know what my swing was. It's not it doesn't translate to the real world when you focus on your your technique and 
how the swing looks and all that stuff. So what translates from sport to real life is that part of the game. Like, so we have to focus on that part of the game because that's what translates, right? And that's what's next, right? Yeah, exactly. Do you, do you think that's what separates most guys who end up going on? Like, I'm sure there's probably guys in the show that, you know, maybe aren't the, aren't the quietest, like most peace of mind. They're probably as, as neurotic and as, you know, in their head as anybody else. But do you think that's the kind of differentiator is people who, because ha- a lot of, if you get drafted, you'd naturally have skill at some point that is similar to other guys. Yeah. Do you think the mental aspects what helps guys get over? Or is it still, no matter what, is it the physical aspect that will always trump it? Do you need to have both? Wait, it depends on how extreme your physical skills are. Like, like a guy like uh, Giancarlo Stanton, who's 6'6", 250, he can get to the major leagues without a mental approach because he's just so dominatingly strong. But a guy like me, I, I see I got to double A and barely got to double A. I'm, I'm, I used to be very critical of my career because I expected so much. But So I got to double A, and that was where my talent took me. So, like, my talent took me to double A, and what I needed after that was that next level. Some guys, that level is triple A. Some guys can play five years in the big leagues because their talent level is so extreme. But then, you know, eventually, if you want to take the next step, it needs to be, uh, it needs to be focused on, on that. And I get that because, again, I don't know too much about baseball, but I related to hockey, and you hear about, like, Sidney Crosby. So, obviously, he had the God-given talent to play hockey, but everyone says that his, like, mental strength mental fortitude his kind of hockey iq and everything he did outside of his physical limitations is what made him such a great player his discipline his work ethic all those other things that you can't really teach and he's arguably one of the greatest hockey players of all time yeah so did you say there's one podcast that you said previously uh you said like something about scaling you said uh do what doesn't scale you I listen to a couple, man. Yeah, I listen to a I couple, yeah. Do what doesn't scale. When you said that, dude. Time, yeah. Do things that don't scale. Do yeah. things that don't scale. Bro, that's like... The way to scale is by doing things that don't scale. Yeah. That was money, bro. Yeah. Because like, foc- like focus doesn't scale. Like focusing on one person at a time doesn't doesn't scale. But that's what... Like, the only thing that scales in businesses nowadays are... Techno- everyone thinks it's technology, right? But in the old, before that, it was what scales is the th- doing the things that don't scale. And in baseball, those that's yeah. the focus, focus aspect. Like you, I don't know. You you just you you forget the simplest things, and you need to you need to actually take step. The better you get, the more simple you have to be. The more like childish you have to become, and you have to find that love for the game. Like you're a kid. That's what these best the best guys are doing. They're playing like they're like they're a kid. And when you get older, you attach. Yeah. Well, and you, you see it and you hear like uh, the Jays run. The city was a vibe. The team was just having fun. And that was all like yeah. everyone kept talking. About, oh, they're in a groove. They're, they're finding themselves. Their rhythm. The, they're having fun. And you go to the games, you watch. It's like they're grown men having fun doing what they were put on this earth to do. And it showed. Yeah. And then they, they did that big run. I don't know if it's true. Like it, it, it's an assumption. But I think like. One of the most important things, like, again, it might be an assumption. I don't know if it applies for everybody, but at least I find, doesn't matter what I'm doing, if I'm playing, you know, if I'm out in the golf course playing golf when I was a kid playing baseball, whatever whatever I was doing, even today with business, like, 
it's weird. This is my approach. It doesn't always work, and it's not that. Oh, it's not always easy to stay this way. But you always, I think, you have to look at it like you cannot take yourself too seriously in anything, right? Like the stakes get very high if you get, you know, signed. Whether you get drafted or signed to a massive contract and have to live with the expectations. But I think that's the hard part. Is like. You know, if you put too much pressure on yourself to be this person and, or uphold this thing or, or everyone looks at me like this, so I need to be this or I got drafted because I'm a power hitter. I got to be a power hitter. When you take yourself and put all this pressure on yourself to do those things, I'm sure some people thrive, but at least in my experience, I find that it's easier to get consumed by it because as soon as you start to lose that and you start to get a bit of a rough patch, you start to say, shit, like I'm not that thing anymore. I got to get back to that thing. And you try to force it. You try to tweak and try new things. But at the end of the day, if you stick to the basics and the fundamentals, don't overcomplicate things, keep it simple and like just do it for the love of it or do it to have fun and just like think about it in that aspect. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's an easier way to look at it and an easier way to keep your mind calm um, because you put these unreal, these, these monstrous expectations on yourself and look at yourself a certain way and, again, take yourself way too seriously, it's easy to get into the weeds and get lost very, very, very fast. I think that applies to everything in life. I you can't, like, yeah. you know, in business, if you're, it's the same goes, like, it's if you're investing a, in, in the stock market, you put a dollar in or a million dollars. At the end of the day, everything is the same. The stakes might be higher for you relatively, but the market is not going to change because you put a million in. Your philosophy shouldn't change because it's a million. If you believe something with a dollar, like if you have conviction in anything, it shouldn't matter how much you're gambling or, or risking, you should approach it the same way. And I think when the stakes get higher, people don't look at it the same way. They deviate and they look at it like, like oh, I can, I can lose more. But when you think that way, you panic, you mm. start to like... Anyways, I can go on with analogies forever, yeah. but yeah, I think it's just the, the important thing is like, and you notice it as you get older. I got to buy high sports, but you, everything in life, you realize it like you shouldn't panic in times of crisis. You shouldn't change your thinking because something's going wrong. Like, you know, like you said, learning, you should always learn and always go, out, go back to fundamentals. You never know everything, but mm. you shouldn't like, don't always doubt yourself. Don't take yourself too seriously. I'll kind of wrap it there because I'm going in a bit of a circle. No, but you're, good, you're right. If, yeah. you're, if you're enjoying something, Thank you. if you're enjoying what you're doing, you're just more likely to be successful at that. You know, it's like anything you do in life. If you're not enjoying it, you're not going into it with the right mental state. You're not going to try as hard because you're not enjoying what you're doing. Even if you think subconsciously that you're trying, or sorry, even if you think that you're trying to start subconsciously, if you don't want to be there, you're not trying the hardest because you're not mentally fully there and putting in a hundred percent of the effort. If you're enjoying what you do and you're having fun, you're going to just naturally perform better majority of the times. I think that's a fair assumption. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Because you're like, again, you're there to have for the, for the love of something. It's like, let me ask you, did you, did your love for the game change over your, let's say, 10-year kind of pro career? How, how long so was your much. pro career? <clears throat> parts of nine years. Okay, parts of nine. So did your love for the game change and love of what you were doing change? Certainly, man. Big time, man. I think uh, when I went down a level, I played three, six years like in the MLB uh, ranked leagues and then went down to an independent league. And when I went down to the independent league, the stakes felt lower and automatically my, my joy increased i had more fun everything so because in my mind the stakes were lower i guess you know i really didn't like baseball for a couple years because i wasn't doing too well and i took it very very personally because <clears throat> i never did anything else you know i had never diversified life. my life and i focused everything on baseball and like i could have got like if, if i would say uh i love baseball the most right after i got uh, right after I got released, right after I stopped playing, right? I met this guy. Uh, I call him the guru. I call him the hitting magician, this old old guy. By, I felt by chance, but 
you feel like the, when when the student's ready, the teacher appears, right? So, so like I met this guru who taught me exactly what we're talking about how to how to simplify it, how to like like why do you care so much? I can't remember what he what he said, but everything he was saying was so on point and speaking to me like at such a deep level. And then I trusted what he was saying, and then we started working together and training together. Completely changed everything that I, he reminded me what it felt like to be a kid again playing, and how much of my focus was on things that weren't actually the, like in between the lines. Most of the, we stress out about things that we're trying to become. You know about things that we other people see us a certain way, you know, and these are the things that hit baseball players think about when they're not doing well. And I was thinking about these things all day, and I realized like, wait, it's like you got to put the focus on the ball. It's like obviously that's what my mom's been telling me since I was six. But the focus has to be on the ball, and then you got to step out of the batter's box, and then you got to reset, and you got to focus on the ball again, and just that that right there kind of. It really broke it down and simplified it. And so pitch by pitch by pitch is the same as saying like day by day by day. Like some day, like some days, I when I I look back or I wake up and I'm like, it really is just all about today. You know, this is all I can all I can really focus on is like today. Some days I get those thoughts and it feels so nice. It feels so I feel so peaceful because other days I'm thinking like about two years ago, two years in the future things that aren't there or things that have already happened, things that really don't exist anymore or don't exist at all. And it's so taking it pitch by pitch by pitch day by day, you know, some days you just have, for me, I get these, get these realizations that it's like, this is what it's, that's all I can control. And like, if you can apply, if you can apply that to, to sport at a high level and life more, more importantly, life, because sports just sport and life ball is life as they say, right? So I try, I tr now I'm trying to like see the, the similarities between baseball and life, and I'm always kind of trying to see new perspectives and, and things like that. But I, the guy taught me that, and then I took it into – and then the next couple of years I had like the most fun playing baseball. Here in Toronto, I just yeah. played amateur league called the Intercounty Baseball League. Boys got to maybe do a, do a podcast out there or something. Oh, you ever yeah. been to Christy Pitts? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we we play play that, yeah. Maple Leafs or whatever? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. with uh, Nicole Gritani's sister's boyfriend. He's uh, Justin. Justin. Justin Mara, yeah. He's going to be a catcher. No, yeah. He's no, yeah, a he's a catcher. Yeah. Stud. Hits bombs. He played with, um, Gre I think, uh, Gretzky, yeah. Gretzky's son. I played with Gretzky's son in, in Quebec in Quebec City as well. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He's still playing at all? or No, he's he probably teaches he's, hockey. He's probably doing movies somewhere. No, his brother's teaching hockey. Unless he's helping out too. But that that dude's a he's a stud. <laughs> I I like him a lot. He's a really. I went to dinner with Wayne. eh? he went to dinner. You went to dinner with Wayne. Wayne, Wayne and, uh, and, Janet. Oh, and Janet. And uh, Janet. 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 Oh, Janet. Janet. The wife. Yeah. Yeah. The wife, uh, yeah. His wife. Miss Great One. Miss Great One. And dude, Wayne just sat there, just like this the whole time, smiling, having a good time. I was like, bro, this guy. I'm just looking at him this across a, the this table. Is God. Dude, he's the man. He's the man. Greg wants to get him on the pod. That's that's the goal. One day is to get Wayne on this pod. I feel like I, you know what's interesting? Like I I can appreciate his greatness, but I don't think I'd be starstruck sitting next to Wayne Gretzky. I wouldn't be starstruck, but I would just be, I would just appreciate the moment so much. I wouldn't even need to say that. I would you just would make you feel so good. Like he'll, yeah, he'll, I mean, you're in like, the presence of greatness. Point. Yeah, what he did, I don't think will ever be done in hockey ever again. 
Like it's just I don't crazy. know well enough, but yeah. Crazy what Well he dominated he won the scoring title by thirty percent. Yeah. He had two hundred and ten points. Mario Lemieux. So mind you, it's not like it's a it's a, a like a random person. Mario Lemieux was second at one uh one forty five or one fifty or something. So maybe not thirty percent, twenty five percent, give or take. That's crazy to think about. And now he's doing a good job. He's doing everything he wants to do. He's got wines, Wine, he's, he's got, got uh whiskeys. He's, yeah, he's got a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, man, just living a dream. Yeah. When you're that that famous and that thing, like you, you have to think about his, his career, he probably made a lot of money, but relative to today, he probably didn't Nothing, make that much. No. Like even in today's dollars, like the, just the caps go up everything. But you got to think about it. Like when you are great, it doesn't matter what if you're any sport, you're you're incredible um, or anything. You're like just like the one. Every, opportunities come at you. I mean, I, another example, like Obama was the president, make a reasonable salary. As soon as he's out of office, he gets a book deal. And it's like 50 million bucks. Him and his wife each. Like something like something crazy. Like yeah. probably deservedly so. Like I actually have one of his audiobooks, but like, you know, just when you're like when you've when you are the one of the greatest or most revered at something, like opportunities just come knocking. Everybody want you know. And and you deserve it. Like you 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 know you were the you best left your mark the time, on the yeah. world and you'll be somebody to remember for all of time. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Wainer. How do we get on that again? But uh talk about how you went to dinner with Wayner. Yeah, yeah. We're talking yeah. about Gretzky. Gretzky. Yeah. 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 Blue Jays. Or yeah. what's it called? Toronto uh, I, uh, Maple Leafs? Maple Leafs, yeah. I yeah. miss playing ball. I said, I was telling Rick, I, uh, I wanted to. We saw, when I was, I played, uh, after university, I played, there's a league in Oakville, like Burlington, Oakville area after 407. Oakville majors, maybe? I played hardball for a year again. Boy, was I bad. Couldn't hit a slider for my life. <laughs> or a breaking ball, anything. Um, but we started playing, uh, uh, like, modified slope. Modified so it was like, slope. you could, you could, Chuck it, but you couldn't wind up. You can't windmill it. You can't windmill, but you can wind up. You can wind okay. up. So it was like a, you know, like men's league still, a beer league, but a little more competitive. competitive. I joined. I came and uh, played Marcus with you guys once. once. Yeah, I came. You, well, you might have been there. Yeah, you would have been there. I think. I only came once, though. I only. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. Know. I wasn't. Maybe you weren't there, but he played with Nick. Nah, you invited me. I played center field. I wouldn't have given up for nobody. I <laughs> <laughs> played center. Yeah, yeah so, so I was there. You probably were there. I was a ball hawk out there. Fat guy could track a ball. No, but that was that was a fun team. But I miss. I was saying to Rick, we haven't, we haven't played in a while because you hurt your shoulder. Can't play, yeah. You can't play. Oh, I'm yeah. useless. Um, Torn labrum. Oh, yeah, but I want to put yeah. a team together again. Yeah, I want to play. Softball's still fun to play. I don't love it because like, it's a little bit like, like I love playing outfield. I grew up playing shortstop, but moved to outfield after wasn't as uh, yeah. nimble. Play some co-ed, bro. Co-ed softball. So, but that's what I was thinking yeah. about doing. Like, you know, like, so much fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Just for fun. I get out there. Oh, you play? Yeah. The yeah. thing about baseball My sister's is pretty good, and like, I'm sure we'll get back out of yeah. play. Yeah. The thing about baseball is uh, we teach the girls. <laughs> Marcus, you know, we'll get into your, co- your teaching, coaching career after. Yeah. Well, the thing about baseball is that you don't have to get dressed for it. You're just, you just show up in your shorts and t-shirt and you're basically oh, ready. False. I throw white pants oh, on. I cleats <laughs> when I'm playing <laughs> yeah, softball. Okay, always. If you're playing, if you're but I'm black. I come in yeah. like I'm... George is that kid that goes <laughs> to Dick's Sporting Goods before every every season. 100%. Dad, I need this bat. It's like, George, I need a D Marini. I, I need a D Marini bat and a new Rawlings Heart of the High glove every season. <laughs> No, I'm joking. I have the same glove for my yeah. old career, but no. But that's the thing. It's like you show up. It's outdoors. It's when you're thinking about when someone's batting. You're just chilling half the times, hanging out, chewing spits, whatever. Like, Try to be the best social sport. Yeah. One of the best. You know, you don't. You don't come back in the dugout <laughs> dying, right? It's not like soccer when you when you hit yeah. bombs yeah. like me, <laughs> jogging, chugging those. Actually, jogging. George, me and George had handshakes too because we. But me and Rick were so when the team we played on that you came out to. I guess I wasn't there. Me and Ricky were like. I, we have guys, our buddies are good, no Stunts. offense to any of our buddies, but me and Rick could just put the ball, put the bat Bomb. on the ball. Bombs. And uh, 
three, four in the lineup, bombs. 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 And there was a train track in one of the stadiums. Was it the game where there was a game, I think, because me and him always bet it back to back or relatively back, like close to each other. And I think it was like a playoff game. This is like this is like the ultimate like when you play housing and you put your stats on like Facebook. I'm gonna hype us up playing like men's league fucking pit. I think we were down like four and I have a video of this. Meredy has a video yeah. and I was up to bat bases loaded and like Ricky was after me, I think. And I think I hit a grand slam to tie the game and I think Ricky or maybe you were like two after and you put it out to win yeah. the game walk off. Crazy. <laughs> And we big, and we won walk off deal. And I think we won walk off with uh um what was it, YYG team. Yeah, we did with that. Yeah. Too. Anyways, this is softball. I don't know if bragging about <laughs> talking about, talking <laughs> about major league. You're talking about <laughs> talking about fucking playing <laughs> slow pitch. <laughs> <laughs> but it's man, it fires we're me. Gonna I miss. Start, we're gonna start a league, Marcus. You're invited to come join us. I'm in the pals. We gotta call the pals something. Ooh, that's nice. The pals oh, team. Yeah, no, man. the pals something. What's a good term for baseball with a P? Pals, pals pounders. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually not a. Uh, anyway, anyways, anyways, back on back on top because we're gonna start. We're to gonna do slow. Too. We're gonna take a team this year. Okay. So you obviously kind of you're slowly moving on from baseball and teaching. Well, not moving on, but you're starting to teach the next generation of baseball players. Yeah, yeah. So now again, I feel like this is kind of like that farmer's moment where it's like, okay, you didn't quite make oh. it to where you wanted to be. Yeah. So put, some people might say that might suck, but now you're getting to do something that you still love. And you're teaching the next generation. Maybe one of them is going to be the next, whatever, Mike Trout or Bryce Harper. Yeah. And then someone's going to say, oh, that's so good, right? Yeah. And you're like, maybe. Yeah. I train with, like, some of the kids that I train are are sick. They're, they're good. Like, I love it, man. What's like, the best part about this part of, like, what you do now? Get to know the families, dude. Like, talking to, to uh, father and son. Like, I like I like doing private trainings with, with the son and the dad. And then walk the dad through you know kind of how to how to coach maybe the things that he's that you shouldn't be saying put a lot of pressure on kids I, I, I like the father-sonness of uh of what baseball can offer man so i know that me and my dad got that's that's how me and my dad like spent every morning and after school together you know so i, I value like that that family aspect and because kids like they they'll do anything to like i don't know not maybe not every kid, but the father son aspect, uh, I just I just really enjoy, man. So and then getting to know the families and the, and the community, and um, yeah, that's and plus I'm good at it, bro. Because I mean I focus on the mental game, but these kids they just want to like hit balls and stuff. But like, I mean I like I like working with the older kids too, the ones who who maybe can make it to the to the next step soon. So I like I like instantaneous results things that give them instantaneous results right and that's that's usually a mindset shift um more than any type of like anything i can work on with their swing and things like that so i uh, do i i i'm very happy with 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 uh with what i'm doing now and like i mean i don't know where it's gonna end up like i want to keep doing it i want to make time and continue to do that but at this point i'm I'm open to like building building something of my own, and then you know teaching them how to how to get out of baseball. That's the next step because once you put all your life and hard work, like some of these kids they train, they're 12 and they train seven times a week, and they put so much effort into it, right? So like when the when baseball's over, it's like, well, what was all that effort for? And a lot of players can struggle with the next step, right? So the next, I think the next step for me is is uh, 
is focusing on you know more life after baseball what i can other ways to to build uh build a life you know in the system that we have now and help them eventually get you know make their own way and, and make it feel good instead of like oh man i i sucked i failed make them see the brighter side and kind of the things we're talking about like there's no good or bad there's no such thing as good and bad like that story you're saying like it's it happened and you learn from it and then you grow and that's what it's ultimately about so that's yeah and like you and i agree with that you think sometimes people might say like oh well you got drafted you know third round you didn't get to play in the in the majors some people might say oh that's what it's like no you got to do it 99.89 percent of people never get to do i will tell you one thing though i did play in a couple of big league spring training games and then when i was like top prospect status uh, coming off an all-star year, they brought me up to a bunch of the games, and they actually started me in a game against the Tigers, like Miguel Cabrera, Prince Fielder, all a bunch of studs I was playing against. I started as a DH, which is like unheard of, ended up hitting a bomb in the game. Like I don't know, the it was it was at the Tiger Stadium in the in spring training in Florida, and Crazy Eddie, the the photographer for the Jays, got a picture of me on the swing that I hit the home run on. Got it, and it was framed. Uh, it was Toronto Sun, like front page of the sports section. It was like connect connects. Oh, so I, that's like I'm like that's what I can at least be left with, you know? Like that's that happened. Yeah. And so I wouldn't. That's, that's I don't my, know why that sounds so familiar. I'm not just saying that to say that, but like, yeah, because I remember we're the same age. So I like we didn't know each other because obviously I didn't even know Rick till university. But I always remember when you like I remember you the, when you got drafted and all those oh, things. Yeah? I always see your name. And yeah. I, I could have swore I, there's a chance I might have seen that picture. I don't remember. I, I, I don't know if I, I remember I, that. Might have been like on Twitter or something back in the day. I saw it posted by like the Sun or, the, or a Toronto like something, some Toronto Sports or something like that. Anyways, I think I, it sounds familiar. I know I remember the two and twelve, the two bombs. I yeah. remember that like vividly. <laughs> I feel like me and Vic DiGiulio were talking about it. Man, I talked to Vic. You did, eh? Yeah, me and Vic oh, are still buddies. Because like, he works with like somebody we do a lot of work with. I talked oh, to him maybe like a month ago. He's having a kid, his second kid, or just had a second kid. He just he just had his first beautiful first. baby, man. Beautiful eyes on the on the kid. I haven't I haven't seen him in a while. But man, yeah, I, I love that guy. I love, his, together, I love yeah. his wife, Meg. And uh, and the baby's name is Violet. Violet, I believe. Yeah, yeah. He's mint. Yeah, he's a, I, he's I a remember mint. the, the two the... for 12. And they're both bombs. I remember that. No, it's not even a single, baby. <laughs> I wish I, that would have been my dream, play ball in the States. Yeah. I would have loved to play baseball. Did you ever uh, know an Anthony Ricciardi? No. No, because where did he no. play? He he's played? a bit younger, I think. He yeah. played at uh, he's not ja- much younger. He's a something state something. Um, okay. in Alabama. Alabama State? No, it was a, it was a, it was a JUCO. It was a D1 school. Juco Bandit. Jackson State? No. There's so many There's so many Juco's, so many schools, man. But it was a D1. It was something state. I can't remember. Anyway, see, uh, yeah, he did this this work. Oh, for real? Yeah. He's an artist now, but yeah, he played ball. Alabama State. Alabama State? State? Got him. (laughs) Yeah, he wanted to play for a, uh, there was a specific coach he liked or something. He told uh, he told his story told us a story. I didn't even know he played. I don't think I knew he played ball. I knew he was an artist because I didn't know him back then. Oh yeah. And then when we met, I kind of yeah, told heard about story. it. Yeah, but uh, his story was cool. Like he didn't get uh, from what I recall, Anthony. Sorry if I butchered the story, but like he didn't get scouted and he had the drive. Like he just knew he was gonna play and he was like 
emailing, I think he said he emailed every single D1 school like multiple times, found the coaches, connected with them, all that stuff. Like he just like, he he willed, not willed his way, like he made it happen himself, but he willed it into existence. Like he knew he was going to play. Beautiful. He made it happen and yeah. it was like his last, I think it was like one school he had a tryout, but the coach from the other school that he wanted, I think was yeah. one that he considered, was there and they just collided. And then he's like, oh yeah, come up for a tryout. Made the team. But I ball. remember one of the big Beautiful. things too is like he would tell coaches, he's like, I'm going to be majoring in finance. The finance building is a block away from the baseball diamond, so I'll be able to go back and forth between classes. This is research. Like, yeah, he he did it all, and you know, he ended up. And he's playing. obviously like very doing very well for himself now. Like no, very well known artist, and yeah. uh, good for him. Life man. after good baseball. That's what is, I mean. You yeah, what you're, yeah. You find what you're you're passionate about. I pay attention to where I pay attention. Like I pay attention to what I'm interested in, and that kind of is what guides. That's the information I'd give. Pay attention to what you're like, where your attention goes, what you what you re, what you remember the most, and then maybe that could be a, a clue. Yeah, to where you on your path, the next path, right? Yeah, absolutely. Just pay attention to what you what you what you enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. That was great. Well, on that note, Marcus, man, appreciate you coming in. It's uh, been it's been a while since we got to sit down and, and connect. Like that, uh, not like the that. first time. But <laughs> 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 uh, and, and when we get the softball team coming up, we'll get you over some games. Put your yeah. DH hit bombs for us. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to do any defense, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Sit on the bench, bomb. Drink Sit back down, yeah. have a beer. <laughs> uh, if people want to find out more about you, what you're doing, where can they go? How can they find you? Instagrams find Marcus Allen K, M A R C U S A L L E N K. Beauty. Yeah. Do you do any like, and also just to shout out like, if like, do you do any private stuff like, if people reach out, if any baseball families, friends, or do you kind of like, is that more through a, a facility, or would you like? No, man. I no. If if anybody that you guys know contacts you about anything baseball, then just send them to me. If you know, if especially if the kid enjoys it and he's coachable, or if he wants to, like, I'm pretty confident that that's the place to be, man. I'm the place to be. Love it. love it love it we'll send them your way thanks buddy. when i uh when i got a little one i'm sending him over you're gonna teach him how to hit some bombs because <laughs> i can't definitely i ain't teaching him nothing teach him how to hit the softballs out <laughs> anyways anyways that's, that's it. it if you made it to the end of the episode we appreciate you don't forget to subscribe like all that fun stuff and that's it signing off pals cheers see ya you like to drink and to smoke to take away the pain And I don't remember all of my mistakes in every I got alone No one thing You're not alright I'm not alright Take away the pain And you don't remember